Job 38, 1-11 Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, God finally begins speaking. We finally hear from the Lord. And and again, the way that we've read this doesn't quite give honor to, we talked about a few days ago, just kind of the literary nature of the book that you have to wade through all this complaint and just suffering of Job until you get to 38, yeah. when the Lord begins to finally yeah, reveal you, you himself to You can't truly appreciate this moment in the book unless you have gone Done the hard work of all of those other chapters. So our daily rhythm is it's in a sense failing you right now. <laughs> um, but I hope you've been chipping away reading this. And, and you know, one day we'll, we, we should just read through the whole book. Um, but this has been a great little introduction. But let's, the Lord is speaking. So help us out here. What is he, what is he saying? So there's so much that goes on here. Uh, one thing is just in that first verse, then the Lord answered Job. And you'll see in your English translation that Lord is in all caps. And so that's the divine name, Yod, the covenant hey, name. Yeah. yeah. And that name has been avoided since chapters one and two in the book. It hasn't appeared in all of the speeches of Job and his friends. But here it is the covenant God who appears to Job and answers out of the whirlwind. Uh, and so he meets Job. And then what we get is God's response to this man in the midst of this terrible suffering. And this is one of those things that was totally surprising to me when I first got into the book of Job. This is not what I would expect God to say to comfort me in the midst of my suffering, to dive into this these rhetorical questions with this biting edge. I mean, this is real tough love that God is giving Job. And, and to such a degree that some people think that what's happening here is that God is just bullying Job into submission, saying, how dare you question me? I'm God, mm -hmm. right? I created everything. Uh, I don't think that's what happen is happening here. Uh, I think that actually what God is doing is resituating Job, right? Job has become so inward focused on his own suffering that he's he hasn't fully understood who the God is that he's dealing with. This is a God who created everything. This is a God who loves his creation intimately. And Job is a part of that creation. Uh, the imagery here in this first few verses of the sea is really significant. Mm -hmm. Because the sea in ancient Israelite thought represents chaos uh, and evil. And yet God is saying here, I've shut the doors on the sea. I've put limits on it. So this suffering that you're facing right now, Job, it's not beyond my control. 
I know what's going on with you. Uh, and I, there are limits to this suffering. I've set those limits. Now, when we face suffering in our lives, we might often think, wow, God, uh, I would have appreciated it if you set those limits a little bit earlier. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but what God is trying to uh, remind Job of is that he has good purposes here and he can be trusted. Even if he can't always be understood, he can be trusted. And I mean, I just think, as you say, he's resetting Job. I mean, I, I think that's one of the, in the midst of suffering, one of the biggest things that we can do is a to remind ourselves of how ultimately small we are and how big God is. Uh, so there, there is a sense, as you say, I don't think that I don't think that God is flexing in a sense before <laughs> Job to beat him into submission. But I, I do think that Job is reminding, or God is reminding Job of how limited he always was. Uh, you know, how much control did Job ever really have over his life? And I think that's a great thing for all of us to be re reminded of. Uh, we, we oftentimes can have this, you know, narrative in our mind that we have earned this, that we have created this, that we have done this. And, you know, there's a, there's a million different things that have gone into play that, that you and I are even having this conversation right now. Like the, the, the God is so, the, the sovereignty and control of God over our very, 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 very limited lives is a daunting thing to think about. And, 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 and when we start to question God and start to question his ways, one of the ways, one of the things that we should go to is exactly that, is, is just to remind ourselves of who we're really talking about here. Um, this is not just another human that we would expect justice from. This is the one that created justice in the first place. This is the one who created the boundaries of the waves. I mean, I love that um that idea um this is the god who's above all things but at the same time that god who created everything and is above it all loves us enough to speak to us to mm. speak into our suffering the fact that just the very fact that god speaks to job yes here is a profound thing uh, and not to be overlooked and a, a great symbol of his condescension to us in the midst of suffering and in some ways this response is initiated by Job's complaints. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, as a thought experiment, you can wonder, what if Job hadn't complained? Would he still just be on the ash heap? <laughs> Would God have ever respond, responded to him? And I think there's a way of reading the Bible that suggests that our lament is part of the process of bringing God into our suffering that he might address it. That's mm. what you see over and over again in the lament psalms, that the psalmist laments and then God responds. Yeah, And so it suggests that that's a piece of responding to suffering, is bringing our suffering to God and then God will respond to us yeah, in the very midst interesting. of it. That's very interesting. Um, and so that's a, good, that's a good right reminder to us um, that, that even in the midst of lament, even if it's 36 chapters of lament, that there's not... That's not lost. That's not that's not purposeless. In fact, it's incredibly purposeful. It's through, as you say, that's a peace. It's through those things that actually the Lord moves and works and, and expresses his love for his creation. So let's remember these things as hard days come and as we seek to please our Lord. For Will Kinds, I'm Jason Dees. 
Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.